Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers drop a big game Monday to the Knicks and LeBron is feeling a hangover from the in-season tournament. We'll explain next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always going to be free and never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube. So we can go hang out with 22,000 concerned subscribers as the Lakers drop to 15 and uh, 12 on the season, 114 to 109. The final score, Spike Lee leaves the crypt a happy man uh, on Monday night. A lot to get into with this one. Uh, It wasn't like the San Antonio games. Lakers turned around. They played a little bit better, uh, but it is still a disjointed group and one that is not winning a lot of games. Uh, Just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on Lakers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase um there have been moments andy throughout this season and certainly you know last year it happened where it's not that everybody's playing poorly at the same time or certain things jump out as really bad but like the 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 moving the parts are moving in different places and where they all lined up together in those in-season tournament games in all the other ones they just haven't yet they're a little out of focus a little pixelated almost it's it's not terrible but it's not right either no they they've looked really disjointed ever since um winning the ist the banner was raised up today for what it's worth i think whether you like the idea of the banner going up whether you hate the idea of the banner going up objectively speaking the banner itself i think looked pretty cool like it was a good looking banner regardless of whether or not you wanted it raised and certainly the Lakers did not play in a way that made it feel worthy of being raised. No. But they just, they have, it's interesting. They, they've they looked disjointed since winning that tournament. And to some degree, they're going through a mini version of how the season began with guys in and out of the lineup because they were out, they were without AD for one of these games. They were without, Le, uh, they were without LeBron, D'Angelo Russell, and, or they were without LeBron one game without Anthony Davis, D'Lo, and Russell, Cam Reddish another one, right. for another. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt's been in and out, and he's either still on a pitch count of sorts, and it looked like he irritated that heel during this game, or maybe this is the amount of minutes he's playing. It, it's hard. We'll, we'll talk. I think we'll, we'll maybe get into this tomorrow, but I, there is, I think, something to the latter about there being kind of a cap on the amount of minutes he's going to play, particularly if Reddish is going to get a lot of minutes too. Right. And, you know, with guys coming back, Christie's been, you know, in and out of the lineup. Like in certain respects, the Lakers, I think, are encountering a version of what was getting them off to a really choppy and sub-500 start, and they are sub-500 since this tournament. It also doesn't help, you know, LeBron spoke after the game about how 
they are feeling something like in terms of just having played a lot. They were playing a lot of games anyway on top of the extra game and the travel that went into this tournament. And, you know, they, they need to try to find an opportunity to get some rest and get themselves really back, back feeling in a way that they were at their peak. Nobody seems right now more spent, frankly, than LeBron. I would agree. And if you if you look at his numbers since the tournament, he's below fifty percent from the field. He's below thirty two percent from behind the arc. Still dishing at a good rate, but he has not looked great. I thought he was very up and down in this game, and nobody controls this offense more than LeBron. So, in certain respects, if LeBron is in and out. The team likely is going to be as well. I'm not I, putting it all on LeBron. No, 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 no. There I, is a I, connection. Sure. I, I think the difference is to me, like LeBron, at a, they are still at a place where a dominant LeBron is part of the formula. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, you know, there's a big difference between LeBron shooting. 54, 55, 56%. Shot 56%, almost 57% in, in November. Um, he's at 50% in December, but that's front-loaded um, and really boosted by a 9 for 12 against New Orleans in, in the tournament. So, you know, I, I think to some degree, some of the downturn in efficiency happened before um, you know, or early, you know, before certainly before the final against Indiana, uh, but just oh, the, the entire month of December, he has really struggled with his efficiency. And, you know, he was at 52% from the floor against Dallas, but missed one of the San Antonio games, was at 41% at the other one and 40, a little 43 and a half Monday night against the Knicks. And so it just, the Lakers offense isn't in a place right now because D'Angelo Russell has cooled off offensively. I don't think he was bad on Monday so much as he wasn't a factor. Like he was, he, he was like needed, you needed more. Um, I thought he was pretty bad in this game. Um, honest, I didn't, I just didn't see good. him. I mean, it's, I didn't feel him there a whole lot. Like, well, that, I mean, that's that, part of not playing well. Well, but you understand what I'm getting, but like sometimes guys are there and they're like, actively playing bad they're they're turning the ball over they're doing it was just one of these games where you were a d'lo compared to early in the season for example where you know you had that these really assertive games um on on a person you know with his personal scoring and then also with um uh you know with with distributing the ball but anyway back to lebron he was not dynamic i mean to he was not i I think that is a good way of putting he was not it was i don't think he was bad but he was definitely not dynamic um but we'll we'll get to the other guys in a second stay with lebron you know on the one hand it's hard to argue with 25 11 and 11 which is what he did against the knicks 23 7 and 14 against san antonio and the turnovers he had two on uh, on Monday. He had two against San Antonio on Friday. But when he's below fifty percent, it has especially you know two of eight from three, two of six from three the other night. It does have a really negative impact on 
the offense. And if other guys aren't going to pick that up, you know, you don't get, you know, a huge night from Reeves, who was good, but like, you know, he was not, it wasn't his most efficient night either. Or D'Lo doesn't step up, or, you know, they were, you know, Torian Prince and Cam Reddish were combined five of 22 in this game, which is both too many shots and too many misses. Like somebody else is going to have to pick it up, and they don't have that right now. That's that's. I mean, the, they, I think the I would. That's I would disagree. I would disagree to some point. I think they do have it in Anthony Davis, who has been terrific. But it can't actually. just be. And, and I mean, it's got to be. I'm a. This is. This is with the assumption that AD okay. is doing what AD is doing. AD sure, is but it, it needs problem. to be pointed out that he has. Okay. I, yeah. I. I for people didn't see it, you're right. We never actually put out the numbers 32 and 14 for AD, 14 and 22 from the floor. He was great. Um, and you know, I just put like somewhere else in that supporting cast. If Davis is going to be good, and I think Reeves has generally been good, you know, over the last month or so, he's I think he's straightened out his game, well, especially if he just since the IST ended, Reeves yeah. and Davis have been the two guys who I think have consistently played well. Even, even if Reeves was not perfectly efficient from the field, he did a really good job in this game setting up other guys. He's, he's, he had he, a good game, and he's yeah. played well. Yes. Um, you know, and and so, like, but when the Lakers have had success, though, Andy, it's because it's they've been able to get, you know, the, those games from whether it's Rui or maybe it's uh, D'Lo or wherever it's like, but there's – there hasn't been something to pick up the slack from a less than heroic performance from LeBron. So uh, you you pointed out, you know, as we were setting up, you know, kind of thinking what we we're going to talk about, 13 shots, a lot of shots from Torian Prince. Um, nine shots is a lot of shots from Cam Reddish. What's out of balance here that that is that is creating those situations where Maybe the wrong guys are taking shots. It's a question I want to ask next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors, and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we are going to provide you players guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's check out who Josh has picked out for us this week on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Tari Eason from the Houston Rockets, still coming off the bench, but Ime Adoka has been finding extra minutes for him. He has a strong fantasy value per minute option who becomes useful for everybody as, again, it seems like those minutes are creeping up. And then, did not see this coming, James Wiseman, I Stewart. Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons has been hurt. Wiseman has produced in his last couple games. Confidence in him, I think, probably uh, fan-wide and probably inside their own I building. I wouldn't buy and hold there. I might no. burn through that. James I'll tell you right now, if Josh manages to nail this one, he is the best in the fantasy biz, period. Josh Lloyd from Locked on Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy basketball championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. There is nothing worse than having your vehicle break down in real time. There's nothing worse than getting the call 
from the friend or the loved one that their car has broken down in real time. There's nothing worse, by the way, than having the car that you're in break down on the middle of the freeway heading to Las Vegas because you're going to a bachelor party and all of the bachelor party gear is in this particular car, hypothetically speaking. With yeah. over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. I can't tell the story of that bachelor party. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. I wish it had existed at that time. And with eBay guaranteed fit, getting towed all the way from like halfway between Las Vegas and LA to Vegas, very expensive. Zizix guaranteed Road. Yes, it was around Zizix Road. You are correct. Guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at those prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's interesting, that car. That's the same one that eventually caught on fire. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, my, we didn't take my car. That we took. Uh, oh right, that was yes. different. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't want to say. I don't want to say his name. <laughs> you you no. never know. Some mitigating circumstances about leaving that car on the side of the road too. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, don't want to say the car was ours. <laughs> no. A bunch of people jumping say, out of that. We wanted Nobody's to say we found the car. Ownership of that one. <laughs> right. We found this car. We'd like to supervise it being towed to Vegas, but to make it clear, officer, this is not our car. Not my car. Not my car. No. I don't know anything that's in it, anything you find in it, not mine. Um, trying to be a right. good Samaritan. I happened to be inside it when it broke down, but it's not my car. This was, <laughs> just trying to help. This was one of these the games, too. Um, the Knicks, the Knicks, Knicks are not a bad team. Um, obviously, they get up for playing the Lakers, and Julius Randle's been on a bit of a bender. Uh, you know, lately played very well. Jalen Brunson's played All Star caliber ball all season long. These and Julius Randle's coming off an All NBA season. He's right. He's, really, he's a good really player. Good. good players and a pretty good team, and they're over five hundred, and all of that stuff. And but the, they needed to win this. Lakers needed to win this game because what's coming in front of them um, for a team that has not been very good on the road is pretty brutal. <laughs> and, you know, they get Chicago on Wednesday, I believe, correct? Uh, and it only gets harder after that. And so the Lakers, you know, they needed... This was one of those games where you needed to elevate against a good team. You know, they have to win against Chicago, but, like, you needed to elevate against a good team, and they didn't. And I think that, to me, is one of the things that I'm finding disturbing about this group um, is that, you know, it happened over the weekend against San Antonio where get off to a bad start was relatively understandable in that game. Um, and you can't carry the momentum after you get to within four against a bad team. Uh, Monday night, you fall behind by eight, but they went ahead. Lakers took a lead in this game. And couldn't carry that momentum, that solid execution, that really good play. And there's no clutch shot making. Those like pivotal shot. They're just, they're not very good. They're not bad, but they're not very good right now either. 
I was going to say the the right now I think is what's really important because for a lot of this season the Lakers actually have been a very good fourth quarter team in mm-hmm. part because win or lose they'd often started so slow in order to even get themselves back it's in true. a game they had to play really well in the fourth well, quarter. And, but, you, and your point about LeBron, LeBron has been just phenomenal in fourth right, quarter this year. And right. if he's not phenomenal, that hurts them. Right. So, I mean, it, it should be noted, like, you know, the idea that they aren't a good fourth quarter team, that's not actually accurate if you look at the season as a whole. But, like, insofar as not being able to sustain momentum or bad habits seeking it, seeping in or just – Things that get in the way of finishing off what you started. I think a good example of this was at the half when the Lakers rallied and managed to finish going into uh, intermission up one. Mm -hmm. Despite it being kind of ugly and the Lakers having had a habit all season of giving up a lot of offensive rebounds and then second chance points, despite giving up five offensive rebounds in that first half, they only gave up two second chance points. And that was a really big deal for them mm-hmm. getting away with some of the stuff that wasn't going well from them. They also turned over the Knicks a bunch. Of, they turned them over eight times in that first half. The Knicks ended up getting eight more second chance points in the second half. Isaiah Hartenstein was absolutely destroying them, getting second chance opportunities yes. for the Knicks. And they they started turning the ball over more themselves. Like there was one point, Stuleyan just for the for the record had seven offensive rebounds. Yeah, there was a point where Stu Lance, I want to say in the third quarter, noted that the Lakers, I think, only had ten turnovers at that point, but it felt like a lot more. And right, I'm not joking. Right as Stu said this, maybe they had about eight or seven, something like that. I was just about to text you. Doesn't it feel like they have more turnovers? Because even when the Lakers weren't giving up the ball, they often just seemed sloppy and unsure of themselves and just really herky-jerky in whatever they were doing. And that gets accentuated by LeBron's inability to finish a lot during this game, Uh, Torian Prince missing 10 of the 13 Threes that he attempted, he 13. 13 shots, all from three. And if he's getting, look, if if Torian Prince is going to take 13 shots, I want them all to be three pointers. <laughs> you know, that that's the experience, but they need seven of them need to go in. Well, I mean, for uh, perspective of just how many threes that is for Torian, even as somebody who is a professional three point shooter, that's the second highest amount he's taken in a game in his career. And the highest since 2020. Like, if that felt like a lot, it's because it's a lot. Well, it was you know? a lot. It was, it was, it was more Torian Prince. Like I said, I don't need 22 shots from Prince and Cam Reddish. Well, you had raised the point uh heading into the break about shot imbalance and where some of this could rectify itself. I've said this before, I'll say it again. And James Worthy, you know. Hall of Famer, 1988 Finals MVP, said the same thing. I'd Rui. like to see Rui play more. Yep. Especially and against a team like the Knicks that's pretty big. Like the Knicks are one of the few teams that doesn't have to play overtly big in order to match the Lakers being kind of a natural. The Lakers can be a naturally big team. The Knicks don't have to 
go out of their way to be big. I'd like to see more Rui. <laughs> I just would. Yeah, I, I, or at the very least, I get a better feel for why the minutes are what they are. And look, I, I, I do wonder if there is a point at which you know, like Vanderbilt Reddish is is still you know very disruptive on the defensive side, and he's still doing like he had a to, tough time I mean, in this matchup. He, he did a really difficult he did. time. But I mean, but generally speaking, I think you know what he's he's sort of doing what he's being asked to do. Sure, but offensively, uh, I think has has certainly kind of turned back into a pumpkin, um, and. You know, it's it's just it's hard to carry him and Vanderbilt and Hayes is sort of an offensive negative, and you know they, they you know you get I mean Torin Prince has actually shot the ball pretty well. I wouldn't call him an offensive negative, but he's no, a, he's not an offensive negative at all. He's a very specific offensive player. Um, so you you're going to get certain kinds of things from Prince, but not necessarily you know a dynamic driver he's not going to you know he's a you know a finisher off the bounce or he's he's a designated three-point shooter it's something they need on the floor and it's very important for them um and broadly i think prince has continued to play pretty well but it it is I, i we did the whole show on this you know last week i would like to at the very least understand better what are the things like who would have to sit? What would change? Okay, let's for, for Rui to, to to play more. Okay, let's um, yeah. let's get into that because uh, we, we we have to break anyway. So let's yes. get into that coming up next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And when I was about twelve years old, the Police, my all time favorite band, still my all time favorite band, they were on the Synchronicity tour. It was probably the hottest ticket in the world at the time. And I could Mm -hmm. not get seats when I initially tried, but I thought, you know what? No big deal. I'll just catch the next blues tour. Well, they broke up after that tour because they couldn't stand each other. Scan the crowd looking for you. He said, Andy didn't care enough. We're breaking up. Yep. And I learned after that day, when it comes to a concert, I want to see Carpe DM. Don't miss out. And that's why I love game time. The fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last minute tickets, the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or row for less game time will credit you 110 of the difference it is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason so snag the tickets without the stress using game time download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nba for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem the code locked on nba for 20 bucks off download game time today Last minute tickets, lowest priced, guaranteed. My my theory, Andy, is basically, you know, Rui doesn't Rui, there are some defensive issues in terms of matchups. You know, if LeBron is playing the minutes he's playing and AD is playing, and then when the three of them are on the floor together is when Rui tends to be least effective. I think, you know, statistically that's been pretty pretty consistent. Um but that said, particularly in a moment where Russell isn't giving you 18 to 20, he's giving you, you know, 9 to 14, you know, a night. 
Um, still averaging 16 on the season, but it's it's sort of sinking a little bit. He's had a rough December. D'Lo has had um, a difficult December. See, since he went, you know, 30, he dropped 35 on Detroit and then came back, you know, 16 in Oklahoma City. He's gone 9, 8, 14, 7, 12. I'm sorry, now. when your high point is Detroit, it doesn't count. Right. Um, and, and just you you are correct. His December has not been nearly as good as his November. Um, Hachimura is one of the more talented individual offensive players that they can that they can access here. So what who who would sit, do you think, to get Rui 27 or 28 minutes a night? Like how can you do that? Um, given especially some of the matchup problems that can happen when AD LeBron and Rui play at the same time? Or would you just try to work your way through it? I, I mean, I would be willing to work my way through it at least to some degree because last year we saw it often pretty effective in the playoffs. I mean, so, so I don't remember who it was, but someone hit us up on Twitter at Cam Brothers and asked if we had any idea why Darvin hasn't gone much, if at all, to the lineup of D'Lo, Reeves, Vando, LeBron, AD, or D'Lo, Reeves, Rui, LeBron, AD, or some combination involving Reeves, LeBron, AD, Rui. And he put in the caveat beyond the idea of injuries having made it difficult to try consistently. And unless the answer is injuries, I would like to see Darwin try a little bit more of what often worked last year because if you're asking me what one of the biggest differences between last year and this year when it comes to Reeves and D'Lo being more ineffective this year as opposed to last year when they played very well off each other, I think part of it is Fandom. Reeves just – well, I was going to say part of it is I think Reeves has been scouted more and teams mm -hmm. just know him better and that's going to make it, if nothing else – harder for Reeves to be as successful. He's just, mm -hmm. he's going to have to up his own level, which he has been doing as the season's gone along, but that's a factor. The other thing is Vando. Yeah. Vando made it easier, I think, to play the two of them. But as far as finding more minutes for Rui, if you're only going to play Jackson Hayes 10 minutes tops a game, sometimes seven or eight, I would just give those minutes to Rui. I could not. I could live with knocking that down. I mean, the answer I think to why Vanderbilt isn't playing more beyond injuries is Cam Reddish. Um, you can't play them together. You cannot play those two guys together, not for any kind of extended minutes, because they are too negative offensively. Like it is really hard to play with Rui and Reddish or two no, negative no, no. offense. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Okay. Play. Okay. Got it. Um, and so that's why I think the reason that Vanderbilt isn't playing as much is in part because Reddish is. Um, I, there's a pitch count for Vanderbilt. He's not completely healthy. He hurt himself again, as you noted, on Monday. Um, but that, I think, is the, 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 the biggest, I think, reason that Reddish is playing, and this also affects Rui's playing time, is Reddish and the amount of, of time that, you know, 20 three to 29 minutes a game that reddish is playing and like i i get the i get the 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 is kind of the imperative to play him because he has been a very versatile and very important defender but and i don't think he's even doing anything wrong other than you know kind of come back down to earth a little bit 
with with the the you know the shooting and stuff like that. But I don't know if he's the best guy to soak up twenty. If you can you do twenty eight, you know, thirty three minutes or thirty four minutes of Torian Prince and twenty seven or twenty eight minutes of Cam Reddish. I don't know if offensively you can, even with with Prince contributing like he has. So I wonder if part of this is dialing back Cam Reddish, even though again he's not doing anything wrong. Um, well, it's it's so about, that could be I part think, of it too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about trying to fill or you know sort of fill in as many pieces of the, of the puzzle as possible. And I, I want to make it clear, you know, I've, I've been lobbying a lot for more playing time for Rui. Rui playing an extra 10 minutes a game is not going to solve everything that's no. going on now. I want to, want to make that clear. It's just one of those things that I don't quite understand. And I don't see anything particularly going wrong with him on the floor, even like even when I acknowledge, yeah, there are certain matchups that don't work naturally for him, but I don't see things necessarily falling apart because of that. But here's this, but here's but they're not for what you know, two guys who aren't NBA, you know, veterans like we played in the league, but have been covering the team for getting close to 20 years, watched a lot of games. Compared to like a lot of these, you know, I've seen we've seen some god-awful Laker teams. We've seen some phenomenal Lakers teams. This group doesn't feel way off to me. They are like going to the way off in which direction? In in they're not bad. Way off in the bad way. Okay. I they are to me at this point at 15 and 12 like going to the eye doctor for your annual checkup and you're sitting and you got the thing up to your eyes and they're like number 1 or number 2. Number two or number three. And like, they're not like you can see with all of them. Three is a little crisp, a little better. It's like they're just not in totally as. And after a while, you just get bored and you you can't tell because you want to be done between any of them. You want to just be done with a damn visit. Right. And like they're like your your glasses prescription that is just. You know, you're you're taking them off and you're cleaning them a little bit. You can see, you can drive, you can do it, but something's just not right with. They can't get the little lenses to line up in a way that it, you're actually at 2020 vision. I'm not sure that might have been a bit of a torture. No, metaphor. no, but actually, like, I, I think that's. I think it's a bad. pretty good one. I I actually like that. I it they're just the and I feel like. Five-minute adjustments. Thank you. Five-minute adjustments. Extra Rui. Um, a little more of, you know, this the, the right pairing. A couple little shifts that I don't, I think could make a really big difference in what they're doing. And then certain guys just got to play, you know, they need LeBron to be a, you know, 50% guy, 52-53, not 46-47. They need D'Angelo Russell to play like November D'Angelo and not December D'Angelo. I say this is somebody who's sticking up still for Russell uh, broadly. Um, like they need those things to happen, but it's just little adjustments that I think, you know, the difference between lens number one and lens number two, that could get everything in line in enough time for them to make a kind of run to the top of the conference. Yeah. You know, I mean, we haven't really gotten a chance to talk with Darwin about this because they've been on the road so much mm-hmm. and they haven't practiced 
frequently because their days off have been so few and far between. And then it's like, can either of us happen to be able to make that one practice, you know, like once every three weeks that happens to go down. But I would, I would love to ask Darwin if he, and I don't know if he'd answer completely transparently, but I would love to ask him if he has a full feel for what he wants in the rotation. Cause I get a sense that it is still unsettled for him. Yes. And whether you think that is because of the external factors that have forced a lack of consistency or Darwin not pushing the right buttons somewhere in between, I get a sense that he is not quite settled on what he wants. And maybe some of that has to do with Gabe Vincent, like a looming return. You know, there have been some hope that he would be available tonight. He clearly wasn't. But it sounds like they think he's going to be back soon. If for no other reason than they're talking about it publicly. And like a month ago, they barely yeah. acknowledged who he was. But, you know, and, and he'll help, um, you know, go live bodies. I don't know if he'll help all of the stuff that I'm currently concerned about, but it'll help. Um, well, but also too, it might help Darvin just settle into the things that he's really yeah. picturing. It feels like, okay, this one other guy is coming back and then I can really commit to something. And there's some, I think there is something that, I don't think we would carry this over for tomorrow. Um, we'll get ready for the Chicago game as well. I don't think when they were figuring it out that this is what they thought it was going to be in terms of the, I don't think they factored in 25 minutes a night for reddish. I think they did factor in 18 to 20, you know, 15 to 20 for wood. Um, I think it's just, it looks different. And then when you have this sort of found money effect with Cam Reddish, like you want to keep playing him. You want to kind of, you know, like reward that. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's, I, I, it would be easier if it were, if it were two or three things you could point at and say, what on God's green are they doing? Like, this is so obviously a terrible thing, but they don't have that. Um, which is good, like you know, I guess because it's you know, it's not panic time, but like they could be a 500 team in a couple weeks just based purely on the schedule, and that you know, 40 games in puts you in a tough spot. So, we'll talk about this more on, on uh, tomorrow's show. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with 22,000 uh, subscribers, all of whom are kind of like us, wondering why it's not quite lining up the way you'd like it to. Um, but a big game on on against the Bulls on Wednesday, a must-win game against the Bulls coming up on Wednesday. We'll get you ready for that. See everyone tomorrow.